Welcome to the 10-Minute Teach-In Podcast, where we learn from creative educators about what matters most right now and bring them right into your living room. I'm Kip Hotman, a Spanish teacher in Colorado and your host. Last week, I spoke with a student of mine named Kiana. And Kiana shared with me how important it is for educators right now to engage in student voice and really think through how to create an innovative virtual class for all students. I immediately thought of a dear colleague of mine named Ben Owens as my next guest to discuss this and to discuss what's happening at the state, the national level, and how educators can become involved. Ben worked as an engineer for 20 years before becoming a math and physics teacher for 11 years at Tri-County Early College, a teacher-powered and wall-to-wall project-based learning school in Murphy, North Carolina. He co-authored the book Open Up Education in 2019 and also founded the nonprofit Open Way Learning a year later. He now works to help schools around the country create the cultural conditions for authentic learner-centered innovation. We're honored to have Ben join us today and hear how we can authentically engage students in virtual learning. Ben, hi, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing fine. How about you, Kip? Good to see you. Good to see you, bud. Welcome to the 10-Minute Teaching Podcast. Uh, look forward to learning from you today, learning with you, and uh, for our audience to be able to engage in this such an important conversation now that COVID-19 has uh, changed the landscape of ed for many of us. Um, but for our audience, uh, Ben is a dear colleague and friend of mine and um, we've done virtual work and face-to-face work um, wow over the course of the last five to six years and um, but funny story I met Ben virtually in a Twitter chat in 2014 and um, I kept seeing these amazing responses in this Twitter chat from a Twitter handle the Twitter handle at engineer teacher so uh, Ben just to get a little background and information about you for our audience can tell us a little bit about at engineer teacher yeah, that, that is kind of an obnoxious uh, Twitter handle, but it, it actually reflects the fact that I am an engineer, a mechanical engineer. Uh, I worked in industry, the corporate gig uh, in locations across the U.S., uh, but then I also uh, became a teacher, uh, and that's a whole long story, but I uh, had a, what you might call an epiphany moment and become a, became a uh, public education uh, teacher in rural Appalachia up in uh, the mountains of North Carolina. Okay, awesome, awesome. And um, since uh, spending that time in the classroom, Ben has um, since moved on to also working with a nonprofit called Open Way Learning. And I had the um, honor of collaborating with him this past year. I reached out to him in August, and he's been supporting some teachers at my school and myself in, in a deep project, problem-based learning um, movement we kind of have going on within our staff. And so Ben, could you tell us a little bit about Open Way Learning and uh, what's going on with that right now? Yeah, yeah. Um, so just a little backstory there. So it, it was a hard decision to go from being an engineer to a teacher, a um, little bit of a pay cut there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but then the, the harder decision was to leave teaching because I taught in a wonderful uh, school in uh, Murphy, North Carolina, Tri-County Early College, and we did wall-to-wall project-based learning really focused on, uh, you know, first-generation college goers, students at risk, um, 
minorities, low socioeconomic, et cetera. And we were able to, through project-based learning, competency-based learning, uh, a collaborative team, um, have every one of these students uh, be accepted into college if that's what they wanted to do. So it taught me that there was something fundamental that we could do in education, even in rural Appalachia, where I taught out of a trailer for 11 years, um, if we were able to have that kind of impact that, uh, and I believe that we can have that kind of impact in any school. So that's why the I had to make was just leave teaching uh, to start my own nonprofit. But I did that about a year and a half ago. And now we're uh, really all over the country to help build similar cultures of collaboration so that they can uh, curate and adapt the best ideas for their students and, and do things like project-based learning, competency-based, um, you know, whatever, social, emotional, um, whatever it is, but do it with fidelity. Well, yeah. And I was, I had the uh, privilege of following some of the work Ben was doing within students um, in his uh, high school in North Carolina on just various blogs that I read and just, um, some shows I think on a newscast came out and captured and, and it was absolutely amazing to see how these kids responded to this, um, this new environment of learning. So, um, and Ben and I now are both doing some work nationally to support teachers, to support students. Um, since the COVID-19 pandemic began, there's uh, multiple movements happening. And um, a friend of mine named Brad Clark who is the CEO and founder of Latent Talent Accelerator, reached out to me and um, we started gathering some partners and some student voice and created a hashtag, hashtag COVID-19ED, to run some Twitter chats to have teachers convene virtually and share some best practices and tips for what's going on and in order to kind of crowdsource some solutions. And I noticed at that point too, Ben was working on um, what I saw was disrupt some disruption in ed. And I saw the name crisis to transformation. And Ben, can you tell us a little bit about that world, what was going on and, and share that with the audience? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, from my perspective, um, you know, obviously with the, the whole shelter in place and everything else, um, you know, my travel schedule to schools was absolutely so what I've been trying to do since then is just facilitate conversations, to build collaboration, to have folks who may not have had a chance to talk to each other in the past uh, for whatever reason. But because of this crisis, like right now, front and center, it's, it's the perfect time for us to share ideas and use technology to our advantage to really lean in and build these networks that can better impact students. And especially when we have conversations directly with students. So I had the good privilege of working with uh, some folks at the Yellow Hats League out of Transcend, uh, that organization, as well as Fielding International, to do some national level conversations on how do we move from this crisis to a transformational moment. Uh, both for the immediate needs as well as long-term in education. And we've also been able to scale that down into individual states. For example, I'm helping an organization here in North Carolina called Education NC, Ed NC, um, do a similar type mm -hmm. of, of rollout with, uh, and, and in each case, we're having 100-plus teachers, educators, education stakeholders, students um, engage in conversation about the things that they're identifying that are working and things that aren't working so well, and then coming up with solutions about how we can, how we can make it better for everybody, especially for our students and those students who have traditionally been furthest from opportunity. 
Well, and, and, and that was what was really intriguing to me about your work. And um, I was able to join one of your webinars last week. And um, when I spoke with my student, Kiana, last week on our podcast episode, she just reiterated over and over how important it was for teachers right now to engage student voice, you know, and, and working towards the most innovative environment possible. So I noticed immediately in this webinar that you all were leading, um, which was amazing, by the way, it was uh, it was on Zoom and we were able to go to breakout rooms. So it took a crowd of about, you know, 150 of us and put us in a room of about 10 educators, teachers, um, partners, just all kinds of the mix of people. It was great. And the questions that we were collaborating on were focused on better serving kids. Um, how do we amplify student voice and support them? So um, can you speak a little bit about that, like how you guys came to really hone in and focus on student voice? Yeah, well, I mean, one of the things that this crisis, I, you know, some have called it a great experiment. And, and whether we wanted that experiment or not, the reality is it's right here. But what it's done, I think, is sort of leveled everything in terms of the, the, the expertise. And I would submit that we've got some, you know, middle school, high school students, elementary students that probably know how to manage the deep learning, engaged learning with students as well or probably better than some of our uh, folks in various leadership roles, uh, positional leadership roles in institutions uh, around the country. Now, that's not to diminish the hard work that superintendents and teachers and principals are all doing, but what we're noticing, because there's no playbook to this, is we can find answers by simply listening intentionally to students, to parents, and listen to those ideas and then take that in a really powerful way. So it's that going back to this culture of collaboration, which I think is absolutely essential to any organization or any network to, to really grow, improve, and innovate. Uh, it's essential that we collaborate. And now I think what we're seeing is educators are doing this, education stakeholders are doing this at a level that they've probably never done before. They've, they've Drink the Kool-Aid now, and I don't think mm -hmm. we'll ever go back to that environment of isolation where we assume that we've got all the answers ourselves. Well, um, I, I would say most of our audience and, and all educators would, would agree that, especially in this time, collaboration is key and student voice and choice is key. And what's super powerful, I think, for most is how you all are modeling this and at the national level and that it can be scaled down to individual districts, states right. to, to drive those best practices. Mm -hmm. um, so at, at the end of our, at the end of the 10 minute teaching podcast, um, we try to challenge our audience and challenge in a good way, basically involve, engage our audience um, with uh, some sort of challenge that is wrapped around what we kind of discussed and potentially would help them in the classroom virtually or even when they go back brick and mortar face to face. So um, I'm a new educator or even a veteran educator. I've been thrown into this crisis um, and with COVID-19 and I'm not really sure what to do. So, Ben, how, what would you challenge me with to make myself even better? Well, thank you, Kev. I, I appreciate you. Um framing that up. And, and I'm certainly not going to claim that I've got all the answers, but I will say one thing you can do to make a difference is simply to become involved, find a way to build a network 
Um, and if you haven't been doing this at your school, then bring that disposition back when all of this awfulness uh, subsides and we can get back in our in our school buildings. Find a way to connect with people in your building, in your district, in your region, state, whatever. You, you've now seen the possibilities to collaborate with others, to share ideas in an open manner like this and learn from each other because that's how we can really crowdsource the best ideas and make the, the changes that we need to make to better serve our students, to eliminate the inequities that we see. And to me, that is the that is the bottom line. If just becoming involved and building that culture of collaboration, looking at ways you can do that. If it's eliminating a dysfunctional PLC and repurposing that, if it's revising your schedule, whatever way to build that culture of collaboration. And in that collaboration, the other point I would make is engage students and not in a patronizing way, not in a way that says, oh, you know, we're just we've got a student at the table that we're going to implicitly ignore, but really have them as co-designers in this process. Listen, build that empathy with students, because that's, I, I believe, where a lot of our best ideas going forward are going to come from. So that's what I would challenge anybody, wherever you are in your education career, to do. Well, you all have heard it from the amazing Ben Owens. Become involved, collaborate, and engage student voice and choice. Ben, I truly appreciate you taking some time to uh, chat with the 10 minute teaching podcast and um, such an honor, my friend, to always uh, spend some time with you. Thank you so much. Likewise, Gip. Great work you're doing. Keep it up, my friend. You too, my friend. Have a wonderful day. We just heard Ben challenges to become involved, to collaborate and to engage student voice and choice. I've decided to model this on the 10 minute teaching podcast and become part of all challenges as well. So I took Ben's challenge to heart and I, and I did this. Um, I became involved by attending the From Gathering to Transformation webinar that Ben mentioned earlier. During that webinar, student voice amplification was talked about overwhelmingly the majority of the conversation. So I went back and I set up a virtual class for all my students in Colorado. I collaborated with a friend of mine named Brad Clark, whom I mentioned earlier, is the CEO and founder of Latent Talent Accelerator, and we created questions for a feedback loop. And then I engaged each of my classes and modeled how to work synchronously in the chat box using answer one, answer two, so students should could give some rich feedback. I had a student serve as a note taker. Then they would copy and pasted everything that the student said in one document that I was able to data mine for um, some themes later on. Long story short, this helped me build my schedule. Students overwhelmingly wanted to meet virtually twice a week. So we're doing that now. We're meeting every Tuesday, Thursday. They overwhelmingly wanted to have multiple classes that they could choose from to attend. So I have a nine a or excuse me, a 10 a.m., 11 a.m., 1 p.m., and 2 p.m. class now. On the days that we're not holding virtual class, they love that I have little Zoom recordings of myself explaining activities about two to three minutes long. So I'm continuing with that and every activity I have a Zoom recording explaining what the activity is. And then they also want everything posted by 9 a.m. So I'm following that as well. But these challenges are, are super helpful for me because they are dynamically changing my classroom. So I really give a, a hashtag shout out to Ben for, for pushing my thinking here. But this has been the 10 Minute Teaching Podcast with Kip Hotman. Thank you for joining us today. 
And uh, thank you to Ben for the amazing conversation. If you'd like to learn more about the 10-Minute Teaching Podcast, please check out the hashtag, hashtag learn by the minute. Or if you want to become part of the challenge, please share what happens by using hashtag learn by the minute. Follow us on Twitter at learn minute or check out realtimecurriculumproject.org. Stay well, my friends.